you say that? He'd get up here and just ignore all of it. And so um, I always, always, always remember Brother Glenn would always forget his glasses. So he, so he wore Ms. Dawn's glasses and, uh, and butchered every single name uh, that, uh, that came about. I loved it. And uh, it, was just, uh, it was just endearing. And uh, when Jim White, he's now an, uh, our missionary in Africa, but um, before he was in Africa, he was in Togar, according to Glenn. Now it's Togo, West Africa, but he was in Togar, uh, West Africa. And um, those, those uh, just, I'll just remember all that for the rest of my life and uh, just uh, love it. But if you've not read those letters, honestly, uh, not only names, but places, some of the cities they, they throw in there like you're, like you're, you know, like you're supposed to know what that word is. And uh, when, I, when I read a letter publicly, I just skip it, you know, or I just say a certain city or um, because some of those, some of those words are uh, million dollar words. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, I'm not, it's kind of like when you get to some, some of the names in the Bible. And you go, yeah, okay. And uh, how do you pronounce that? Right. And uh, you can have a self-pronouncing Bible and you still, uh, still don't get the name. But, um, but uh, thank you, Brother Danny, for, um, for doing that. And, and really, Lord's laid on his heart missions and, and, uh, and, and uh, really uh, is, um, you know, has a passion for it. And so I'm, I'm thankful that he's been going through these missions letters and and then reading them for us. I uh, did want to mention this. Brother um, Scott had come to me, and um, this is just um, typical Rankin Baptist Temple. And, um, you know, I don't, I guess, I mean, I don't say it enough, uh, but I'm so appreciative of people in our church that actually go to people um, that have visited the church or that have have been before and, 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 and are now are back. And um, uh, Miss uh, uh, Ginger uh, came uh, this morning uh, along with several other uh, people uh, who are visiting today. And uh, Miss Ginger um, is um, Lee's uh, wife, and um, that's Scott's brother's wife. Is that right, Brother Scott? Yeah. And so. Um, she was here and she had been before and several people went up and and shook her hand and said uh we're glad that you're back and she was she left out of here was telling scott and tammy that um she was just amazed that people remembered uh that she had come to the church so i want you to know maybe you don't know this or maybe you do know this or maybe we've forgotten this you know how we talk to people and how we um, inter- interact with people does make a difference. People people recognize that and um, and acknowledge that. And so uh, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm always thankful when I'm sitting up uh, uh, on the platform or I'm, I'm in the back doing something uh, uh, before church, and I see people that have, are visiting the church, and I see people lined up to talk to them, and and it's a it's a, you think that happens at every church, and it just doesn't. And so uh, I've been to plenty, so haven't you, uh, where um, I've gotten looks like, what are you doing here, you know, and uh, as a visitor. And so not the looks that you want to give people um, when uh, they're visiting a church. And so, uh, so thank, you for, um, thank you for caring about people. And, um, I, and I inevitably, 
I'll have uh, two or three people and thank you for doing it. Uh, but they'll come up to me, especially thank you now, because I, honestly, you know, I know that Miss Celia is sitting right there because that's where Miss Celia always sits. But if somebody switched with her right now, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you that because I just I'm not I'm not seeing well. And so uh, I'm, I'm so thankful. Several of you came to me today and said, hey, look, so and so. Uh, that we have this family that is visiting or we have this person that is visiting and and sometimes I don't get to get a chance uh, to talk with them and so that gives me an opportunity to be able to um, uh, to be able to talk to them uh, about visiting the church and so um, uh, just don't, don't say it enough it seems like we talk a lot about problems right we talk a lot about uh, things that aren't going right uh, but uh, thank you for you that make an effort uh, to make things go uh, to make things do go right and so um uh, i really appreciate you and um and all you do with that john chapter number four tonight john chapter number four and so we're talking about um uh what's new what's new right and what's new with you and so we talked about a new heart we talked about this morning uh, a new hunger a hunger um we need to we need a hunger, the Bible says in the book of Matthew. We need a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, Jesus uh, was preaching there uh, in the Beatitudes. And uh, we, we, ought to have a, we ought to have a desire. We ought to have a hunger for the Word of God. We talked about, uh, uh, we talked about that subject this morning, having a hunger for God's Word. And um, if we're going to grow... If we're going to make a difference, if um, God's going to make a difference in us, it's going to be through the Word of God. We're changed and we grow from the reading and studying of uh, God's Word in our lives. And so, faith cometh by hearing, the Scripture says, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we need to have a hunger for uh, the Word. We need to have a hunger for the word of God. John chapter 4, uh, and um, uh, I want you to see the second thing tonight is not only should we have a hunger for the word of God, but we should have a hunger for the worship of God. We ought to have a hunger for the worship of God. What, what we do as a congregation. Now, I want you to understand something about worship, okay? So there is uh, what's known as private Worship. What is private worship? Private worship is what you do before the Lord, right? How you worship, how you praise before the Lord. You can do that at church. You can do that at home. You can do that in the car. You can do that on vacation. See, when it comes to the worship of God, we don't take a we don't take a vacation from worshiping God, okay? Everywhere we go, it ought, to be, um, it, it ought to be a part of our DNA. It ought to be a part of our makeup that we, uh, that we worship God. So we can do that anywhere, private worship. But there's a difference between private worship and corporate worship. What is corporate worship? Corporate worship is where two or three are gathered together in my name. That's corporate worship. Corporate worship is when we come to church 
and we gather together and the central theme of what we do is to praise and honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That should be our desire. That should be our goal. That's what we should do as believers is have a desire to worship the Lord. John chapter number 4 speaks to that worship. We should have one of the reasons. You know, why do you go to church? That should, be a, that should be a question that you answer all the time. Why do, I, why do I go to church? Can I tell you one of the answers should be and ought to be to corporately worship, to worship together with the people of God, to worship my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen, I get it. I hear it all the time. Preacher, I can stay home and do that. And I don't disagree with that statement. You can worship the Lord at home, and I'm here to tell you, I'll take it a step further, you ought to worship the Lord when you're at home. And uh, it's, it's something that we should be doing everywhere we go. It's kind of like uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, where the Bible says to pray without ceasing. You shouldn't just pray in church. You just shouldn't pray at the altar. Everywhere we go, we ought to pray. We ought to have an attitude of prayer everywhere our feet take us. And it's the same with worship. Everywhere we go, we should worship. But understand, private worship, you can worship anywhere. Corporate worship, you need to be with people to worship the Lord. You worship the Lord as a group. You worship the Lord when you sing. You worship the Lord when you uh, uh, listen to preaching or when you're preaching or when you're teaching. Those are the times uh, that you corporately worship and we worship together. Uh, 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 John chapter 4 and verse number 21. Jesus saith unto her, woman, uh, um, I'm sorry, believe me, and the hour cometh when, when uh, ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, verse 22, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. When it comes to the worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we ought to have a hunger for it. We ought to have a desire for it. We ought to want to go to church for the purpose of worshiping together. We shouldn't want to go to church to gossip. We shouldn't want to go to church to bicker. We shouldn't want to go to church to argue. We should want to go to church for a reason. It goes back to having a hunger for spiritual things, for holy things. And when you have a hunger for spiritual things and for holy things, one of your desires or your main desire ought to be pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you when you're bitter, 
you're not pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're angry, you're not pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're gossiping, you're not pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we're doing all these things, let me tell you what we're doing. We're doing these things in the flesh. Because that's what we're made up of. I hope you understand the fact that if you're saved, if you're unsaved, you're a lost sinner and you need to be saved. If you are saved and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're now a saved sinner. Because our, our makeup, our nature is made up of flesh. And our flesh wants to sin. Our flesh wants to be angry. Our flesh wants to be bitter. Our flesh wants, to, wants the, the dirt on so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. I had somebody that was not even connected to the church text me yesterday and said, what's up with so-and-so? And they put a, put a name in there. I'm, not, I'm, I'm telling you, somebody that was not connected to it, don't go to our church, somebody that was not connected to our church asked me about so-and-so. You know what my text back was? You should call so-and-so. You find out what's up with so-and-so. It's not my business to tell you what's up with so-and-so. And by the way, it's not your business to be asking me what's up with so-and-so. If we want to know, go to the source, right? We get caught up. Sometimes, listen to me. When we get caught up in gossip, sometimes it's, we don't even mean to get caught up in it. Sometimes it is as innocent as, hey, can you tell me what's up with so-and-so? Can you let me know? What, hey, I would like to pray for so-and-so. If you're so close to so-and-so and you want to pray for so-and-so, why don't you ask so-and-so yourself? And let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know that you care about them. Let them know that you're there for them. And sometimes we get caught up in this, uh, um, in, in this talk and in this gossip and in this, did you hear about, did you know about, did you... Now, I'm not talking about um, giving information. That's, that's the one I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't know things and you're glad that somebody lets you know those things so that you can... Pray for that person. It becomes gossip when we begin to talk about that person. When we begin to saying saying to somebody, me saying to Miss Penny, "Hey, did you know so and so is in the hospital?" is not gossip. That's letting Miss Penny know who may be connected to that so and so that that person is in the hospital. If you wanted to go see them or you want to pray for them, what becomes gossip is when I say, "And did you know that he?" You know what landed him in the hospital? Let me tell you what he did. I mean, if he wouldn't be... And you see, this innocent prayer request, right, turns into this gossip session about this person. And here's why I'm saying that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm picking on gossip, but there's so many things I can, I, I can be talking about, obviously. But I'm picking on that because sometimes we forget our purpose. We forget why we're here. Do you know why we're here? We're here to worship the Lord, number one. And number two, we're here to encourage one another. To be here for one another. To edify one another. To be an ear for one another. To, to help one another along. People struggle. 
People struggle and they don't come to church to get more struggle. <laughs> they come to church to get help. And may we be the catalyst. May we be the people uh, that God has called us to be and be a help to that person or to those people as we are worshiping the Lord. But you know, it's one thing to give lip service. It's another thing to give life service. We can talk about all, we talk all day long about how we love God and how we love Jesus and how you know we worship Him and how we've been in church for forty-seven years and how we've been doing this and and how we do that and boy how we teach in the Sunday school and how we've done the nursery and and I've got plaques and awards on this and that and the other and boy let me tell you something let me tell you all that I've done and the real question is well praise God all that you've done but what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Maybe you can't do the things that you used to do, but what are you doing now? Because if God was done with you, I'm telling you, you'd be the first to know. If God was done with you, he'd take you home to be with him. He's not done with you, and he's got you here for such a time as this. So what are you doing with the time that you have? We might live. I'm, I, was, I just turned 51 in December, so this year, I, I, man, I, as I get older, I just I count the year before it even gets here. So I'll be 52 this year, I say that. It's, gonna, it's a whole year away, but I'll be 52 this year. And I realize this, the longer I live, the more I realize it's but for the grace of God. Every day God gives me. Is, a, is, is the grace of God. Do you realize that we can step into eternity tomorrow? Do you realize that we can lay our head down on our pillow tonight and not wake up? By the way, if, if I got to go, that's the way I want to go. I just want to go to sleep and not get up, right? Uh, nobody wants to suffer. You know, nobody wants to go the, the hard way. But we're all going to go. And it might be 10 years and 20 years and 30 years from now. But it might be tomorrow. We must, let me tell you what the scripture says in the book of Ephesians. We must redeem the time. God has given us this time. And we talk about stewardship. When we talk about stewardship, what do we talk about? Money. Right? You have stewardship conferences. It's all about money. Nobody wants to come to a stewardship conference because it's all about money. It's all about tithing. It's all about missions. It's all about offerings. It's all about giving. By the way, if you're right with the Lord, you have no problem with giving. Just saying. But let me tell you, let me tell you this. Stewardship is more than just money. Do you know God has given us something that we're all equal? I might have in my pocket. I might have more money than you have in your pocket. Now, that is categorically untrue because I have nothing in my pocket. But who knows? I might. If, at one point, I might have a, a, a money in my pocket, and I might have more than you, and you might have more than me. But let me tell you something that you have the same as I have, the same as the next person has, and that's time. Time. Are you a good steward with the time that you've been given with the time that you are given 
how many Sundays. You ever thought, I don't, I don't, I don't I think about these things. Have you ever thought about how many Sundays have been in your lifetime up to this point? How many Sundays you've, that you've got up to this point? However old you are and figure out how many Sundays there are. And how many of those Sundays you were in church? Now, for a lot of you, that number's high. For some of us, not so much. We didn't get into church until in our later years. And maybe some of those years were misspent in between or whatever it is. Uh, I'm not talking about regretting the past. I'm not talking about that because the past is gone. Can't do nothing about the past. But I want you to know something. We're going to have so many more Sundays before the end of our life. Or we're going to have so many. Think about this. We're going to have so many Sundays before we can't go to church. I can tell you, if you didn't know, Don had a spell this morning in Sunday school, actually passed out. And um, if it wasn't for Scott and Blake, he would have, he would have fell, on a, fell on the ground. And, and uh, they helped him back, helped him got, him, got him home. He's home today and he's resting. Let me tell you something. He is distraught that he can't be at church tonight. Distraught. I talked to him on the phone before church and I said, I said, Brother Don, how you doing? And we talked for a few minutes. He said, I guess I won't be at church. I said, yeah, I guess you probably should stay home. I mean, some people, right? I mean, they're just, I mean, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna come. I mean, they're going to they're gonna be here. The doors are open. They're going to be here. But you know, there's a certain time that may come where you can't make it. Do you know every shut-in that I've ever visited? Boy, they wish they were in church. Every sick person, every person in a hospital, every person that's home bedridden. Let me tell you, I talk to, uh, to Bernie Richter on a regular basis. If you don't know Miss Bernie, she's just a, a saint of a person. You probably haven't got to know her very well because she can't come to church. She got Lyme's disease uh, a, a long time ago, went untreated, and she just suffers all the time, all the time. And I call her on the phone and I talk to her, and, and every time I call and talk to encourage her, she encourages me, every time. Very first time I did it, we were talking, and I, matter of fact, I was, I, I was, sometimes I'll make phone calls if I'm, I'm, I'm I know you're not supposed to talk on the phone while you're driving, but when I'm going between places and, and I got on the phone and, and I was talking to her and, and she said, we got done talking and she said, Pastor, can I pray for you? I was like, I guess. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking in my head, I guess. And, and so um, I was right up almost on Goshen at that Parker's and she started praying. I turned into Parker's and parked. I'm thinking to myself, let me tell you something. She's talking to God. I mean, I, I pulled in there and she's praying. And I tell her all the time. I said, Miss Bernie. I'll pr- I, now I have prayer with her every, every time I get off the phone. I said, Miss Bernie, would you pray for me? I mean, when she says she's going to pray for you, she prays for you. And let me tell you what she's distraught about all the time. Not that she's in pain all the time. She's not distraught because she hurts all the time. She's distraught because she can't be in church. When she comes, which isn't very often, when she comes, it's like hallelujah chorus. I mean, she is so thrilled. And what you probably don't know is she suffers for it.
for probably a week or two afterwards. But she's so glad that she's in church. We take it for granted, don't we? We take it for granted that we have the ability to be able to be here. And, and because we take it for granted, we often miss. We're often not in our place. We're often not where we're supposed to be. When it comes to worship, don't take it for granted. When it comes to worship, gather together and remember why you're here. What you're doing here, what your purpose is, not only on this uh, a globe that we live on, but in uh, your church, why uh, God has got us here. Think about this. When it comes to the worship of God, think about just these three things I want you to think about real quick when it comes to the worship of God. Number one, the when of worship. The when of worship. Verse 23 of John chapter 4, he says, But the hour cometh, and now is. It's here. Right? It's not something to put off till tomorrow. It's not something to put off till next week. It's not something to put off till next month. This is the idea sometimes that we have. I've got plenty of time. I got plenty of time to do the things I need to do. I got plenty of time to get right with the Lord. I got plenty of time to worship the Lord. I got plenty of time. I got to get these things situated, these things taken care of before I can ever worry about those things. And boy, we find out really quick that our life is just a vapor. It's only here for a short time. And then it vanisheth away. It's gone. I tell people all the time, do you remember telling, do you remember telling people, maybe sometimes you still do, and you see these families and they have these small children, or they even have these teenagers and you say, don't blink. Don't blink. I remember people telling me that. I remember people who I thought were just old and didn't know anything telling me that. And I thought to myself, good night if I hear one more person tell me that. Give me a break. And, and, and then, we, then we blink. And boy, you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. What just happened? And now we're those old people telling those younger folks, don't blink. Because it won't be long before your kids are grown and in college. It won't be long before your kids are grown and, and, and married. It won't be long before your kids are grown up. Why? Because life goes so fast. Do you remember 2023? I mean, it. I guess when I was younger, it used to drag by. But those days of them dragging by are over. It just seems like we celebrate Christmas. We barely get the decorations down before we're pulling them back out again. And I'm thinking to myself, where in the world did spring and summer and fall, where did all those things go? Well, we don't have any of those. We only have summer around here. But anyways, where did all those seasons go? And now all of a sudden it's Christmas again and it's 2024 again. Our, our, our 2024 is over and now it's 2025. Do you remember years ago? Can you, can you recall years ago thinking how weird it would be in the 2020s. Somebody's talked about 2020, 20. Oh, we won't. How many of us said we won't be here? 
Let's be honest. If you've been in church a while, you probably said it. There ain't no way the Lord's going to tear his coming to the 2020s. I mean, we're going to be out of here. Rapture. Church is going to happen. When I was younger, let me tell you something. 2020 was so far away. There was no way. 50 years old? You old as dirt at 50 years old. Don't tell me you never thought that. I promise you, we all thought that at one point or another. They call it, they call it, you know, they call it midlife. Midlife? I don't plan on living to 100, okay? So 50, I mean, is past midlife, folks. I don't know how long we're going to live. We have no idea. But if we live into our 80s or 90s, 50 is not halfway. 50 is more than halfway. And when I was in my 20s, I thought that was one foot in the grave. And when I hit 50, I felt like I had one foot in the grave. I mean, good night. I mean, it's just rough. And somebody said the other day, they said, wait till you hit 60. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it. But, you know, time just goes fast and faster and faster and faster. And we're always talking about tomorrow. What we'll do tomorrow. And that tomorrow doesn't just mean the next 24-hour day, right? That tomorrow just means the future. I'll do this in the future. I'll teach my kids this in the future. I tell young families all the time, if for no other reason, get your kids in church. Get them in church. Get them to hear the gospel. Get them to hear the stories of the Bible. Let me tell you what people are today. You know what people are today? They are ignorant when it comes to Scripture. Used to, you said, you said David and Goliath, and everybody knew what you were talking about. Emma, Emma told me this morning, she said they had a lesson in junior church about Abraham and, um, and said, who is Abraham? And one of the kids popped his hand up and said, uh, one of the presidents of the United States. <laughs> Correct answer, by the way, but uh, wrong Abraham, right? Uh, it used to be when we talked about David and Goliath and, and, and Abraham and Sarah, and we talked about uh, uh, Joshua and, and Caleb, and we talked about all these stories, and uh, people know all about them. That's amazing today. Now, people can't even pronounce the books of the Bible. People don't even know what you're talking about when you're talking about uh, uh, things in the Bible, things that used to be common are no longer common because people are ignorant today. And by the way, stop blaming it on this generation. Stop blaming it on this generation. It's not this generation's fault. We should be, bring, we should be bringing our kids. Listen, our, ch our children have enough challenges. You, you see what's going on in our world today? I hope you're not blinded to it. It's absolutely amazing. I was listening to a... Um, I was listening to a Bible reviewer, and he was talking about the different versions of the Word of God. And he's talking about the, the importance of gender neutrality when it comes to translation. So my ears went, boop. Explain, please. So I listened for a little bit longer. And started talking about this whole, how wrong it is to 
be calling God he and to be using general, general terms like male and female. And, and we need to start using more of they's and, and people's and, and because people are just offended. Let me tell you something. If you can read the Word of God from start to finish and never be offended, you, you missed something. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, do you realize in the Old Testament, God told the people of God to kill entire people groups? No. Read it again, folks. Read it again. Well, my God, well, I don't, well, I don't even know what that means. My Bible, I have no idea what that means. What do you mean? I have the same Bible you do. We're supposed to be serving the same God uh, uh, as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It is the same God of heaven. You can't just make God into who you want him to be. We worship the God of heaven. We worship the God of the Bible. And when should we worship him? Now. Today's the day, the Bible says, of salvation. Today's the day to win people to Christ. Today's the day to stand up for what's right. Because if we don't stand up for what's right, we're going to fold to everything that's wrong. How do I know? Look at history. Look at well, the things that we're facing today that our forefathers would roll over in their graves about. I mean, they would have never thunk it. They would have never thought we would be going through some of the things that we're going through now. Some of the nonsense, some of the garbage that's going on right in churches. I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about in the church. When a church, listen to me, I mean mind-boggling to me. When a church invites a stripper to come up on stage so that they can draw a crowd, so they can witness to that crowd, something's wrong, folks. Something's wrong when God's people don't stand up and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We're supposed to be all things to all men, but that's taking a step or two too far. When God's people aren't standing up and saying those wackadoodles that go to, to, to uh, funerals of, uh, of veterans and protest, somebody ought to smack them in their head in Jesus' name. You know what? Oh, no, they can do it. No, no wait a minute. How in the world can we get to where we've gotten today? Ignorance ignorance of the Word of God and the disregarding of the Word of God. And so it's just as easy today to stay home. It's just as easy today not to worship. It's just as easy today to, to get busy doing something else. Now is the time. Today is the day. Don't wait until tomorrow. If you're going to decide to do something, do it now. You're going to decide to read the Word of God, read it now. You might not have tomorrow to read it. If you decide you're going to pray, pray now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Now is the time. When? 
The when is now of worship. Not only the when of worship, but the why of worship. God, the Bible says God desires us to worship him. Should there be another why? God desires it. It ought to be a sweet-smelling savor. It ought to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice to our Lord. Our worship to Him. Our sacrifice to Him. Yes. Tonight, 6.30, we had church. Was there something else you could have been doing? 100%. Every one of us. Could have been doing something else, right? We could have been reading a book. We could have been watching TV. We could have been uh, going to the going to the uh, grocery store. We could have been uh, any number of things. But we made a decision. We decided we're going to be a church. I'm going to come to church. You have to make that decision. Nobody makes that decision for you. You make that decision for yourself. And so on purpose, you decided to come to church. On purpose, you decided to pick up your Bible. On purpose, you decided to get on your knees and pray. On purpose, you decided to be a witness. On purpose, you publicly pray for your food. Let me tell you something. Don't come out and eat with me if you get embarrassed when you pray in public. Because you'll be embarrassed. Because I'm, I'm going to pray. And by the way, if it's loud, I'm going to pray loud. That's just the way it is. And guess what? Especially around here, 90, 99 out of 100 people have respect for it and will quiet down. We're just, we just don't speak up. We just, we're just, we've just lost our gumption. We've just lost our backbone. We've just lost our desire to worship, our desire to pray, our desire to read God's Word. Why should we do it? Because God desires it from us. And if God desires it from us, listen, there are things that you could ask me to do, and I would tell you no. If my wife asked me to do it, I'd tell her yes. Just bottom line, I don't have to live with you, right? I don't have to take you home. I don't have to go to your house. I have to live with my wife. And so she asked me to do it. I'm going to do it. You asked me to do it. I may not do it if I don't want to do it. Why do, I, why do I do it for my wife? Because she has a desire for me to do it for her, and I love her supremely. Watch this. I love my wife better than I love myself. By the way, that's how you're supposed to love your spouse, in case you didn't know that. You know, husbands, you're to love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it. We ought to, we ought to give ourselves to our spouse. That's why the Bible talks about the two are one and uh, get sidetracked. But you, you know what I'm saying? It's, I have a desire for that. Why? Because I love my wife. I want to please my wife. I, I, I want my wife to know that I love her, not only with my lips, but with my life. How much more should we with God? We talk about how much we love God. We have a really good lip service, but we don't have a life service. What are we doing to back up the things that we're saying? We say we love God, but we don't pick up the Bible. We say we love God, but we don't go to church. We say we love God, but we don't pray. 
How in the world, how in the world could you possibly say that you love God and you do no spiritual things in your life? Now, I, I tell you, on purpose, I don't have social media. I don't. Matter of fact, it's kind of comical. Um, I, have, um, uh, I have this channel, this YouTube, this YouTube um, uh, subscription that I watch because I like to watch reviewers, Bible reviewers. It's not even mine. It's Kyle's. So when I comment on these things, they, they think I'm Kyle. And so um, I make these all make all these comments and, and on these Bibles and different things like that. And one time, this guy was showing this Bible that I actually have the prototype of. Yes, me. I have one of a kind, and I love it. And so it was a it was a very small company who's now a larger company. But uh, I bought his uh, hard copy that he only has goat skins of. I bought his hard copy of it, and I had it, and uh, Tim was doing this review, and, and I said, yeah, I've got, the, I've got the prototype of that. And he said, do what? And I said, oh, I piqued his interest. He said, send me pictures. Yeah, right. I don't know how to send you pictures. I looked all over YouTube on how to send pictures. You can't send pictures on YouTube, or I couldn't figure out how to do it. And so I said, I don't know how to send pictures. I'm sorry. He said, just send me them in my Facebook. And he sent me his Facebook. Um, <laughs> okay. And so you know what I did? I went took pictures of it and went to Anna. And told Anna, hey, Anna, send this to this Facebook. And so this guy must think I'm out of my mind because I don't have any social media. I don't, I don't have them on purpose. Because let me tell you something. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm not saying that they're evil. I am not. But boy, I get so sick and tired of hearing on social media how much people love God. And I put out, they put out all these verses and they put out all these things. And you, man, you can't. Find them with a search warrant when it comes to church time. They don't pray. They don't read their Bible. They don't. And I'm not talking about the people I don't know. I'm talking about the people I do know. They're saying one thing because, boy, it sounds good, right? This sounds really good. But then over here, their life's not backing it up. God desires. God said this. If you love me then you'll keep my commandments. So what was he saying? He was saying it's more than just the things that we say. It's the things that we do. And if I say that I love my kids and I abuse them and I ignore them and I have no desire to have a relationship with them, then the things that I'm saying and the things that I'm doing aren't matching up. And you can say all you want to that you love God. Do you know there's going to be people who said, but I prophesied in your name. But I said that I loved you and I said that I did this for you and I was here for you and I did this. And you know what the Bible says that God's going to say? Depart from me because I never knew you. You talk about heartbreaking. You talk about, wow, it's one of, those, one of those reasons, I believe, that you know people say there'll be no tears in heaven. <clears throat> Wrong. Because at one point, God's going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
Now, I don't know if we're going to be a witness to the great white throne. I don't know if we're going to be a witness to that depart from me. I don't know if we're going to be set before us all the opportunities that we missed. I don't know. I know we're not going to go in sad. We're not going to live sad. I get that. I understand that. But God will have to wipe away some kind of tears from our eyes. And boy, I'm telling you, I know. I mean, I've lived long enough to know, and so haven't you, that there are regrets. There are things I wish I did different. You ever figured that out in parenting? You ever think, look back and said, you know, I probably would have done that just a little bit different. I might have said that a little bit different. You ever lost your cool, lost your anger? You know, you just got, you just got angry and screamed and hollered. And you thought to yourself, you know, maybe I could have handled that just a little bit different. Here's the problem. Once it's handled, it's handled. Now, you can go back and get forgiveness, and you can go back and make it right, right? But you can't, you can't change it. Once it's out, it's out, and it's out forever. And once this day is over, and we're wrapping it up right now, you can't tomorrow say, oh, my goodness, I missed Sunday church, so I'm going to go back and go to church on Sunday. You can't do it. You can't go back. There's no such thing as a time machine. Right? It's just in the movies. There's no going back. There's no going back. There's no going forward. There's only the right now. Can't do anything about yesterday. We're not to tomorrow yet. Today's the only day that we're guaranteed. We're guaranteed right now. We might not even be guaranteed an hour from now. We don't know. Now is the time. Why should we worship? Because God desires it out of his children. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. I do pray, Lord, that you'd help us to get serious about your business, uh, to uh, not only have uh, 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 things that we say, but things that we do that might please and honor you. Help us uh, this year to be busy about our Father's business. So dismiss us with your blessing. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Just to let you know, uh, there are still um, forms out there for, for the while to get those turned in. That